I'm Jackson. I'm Sniffly. And that's Capri. Capri's feeling a little under the weather today. <laughs> Lovely sound. I'm like, I feel like a combination of like Carl from Jimmy Neutron. You also have a, a very good Miss Fowl impression. Ugh, you're going to make me do this, aren't you? <clears throat> you got to cut it if it's bad. Do you need a drum roll? No. Carl! Carl! Uh, Sheen! Ooh, that was good. Sheen! Jimmy Neutron! <laughs> no, Jimmy! Jimmy Neutron! Do you think anyone outside of our, our like... Direct age group? Age like, group like, will like, ever get like that, Within, like, three yeah. years of it? Like, no. Like, how many people listening to this podcast do you think are in the age group that would actually have seen that show? I don't know. Like, the people who follow us on Instagram, I just, I don't even, like, know what their ages are. Like, I'm very confused. If you would like to participate in some, like, data finding for us, please email us with your age, sex, and location <laughs> at couchdaterspod at gmail.com. No pics, please. Yeah, just for science. Um, it's been a little while since we since we talked. It's my fault. Capri's been very busy. Don't say it like that. No, 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 no. Capri's been Capri's been very busy. Uh, she's been meeting with very important people across the country, and I'm serious, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yep. I work for a big brand. Um. In the social media department, and sometimes that means I have to travel to talk to people and film people that we all know. Very well said. <laughs> that's that's all that's the best I can do for you. Um, but but that being said, because we are you know TV addicts, we have continued our consumption. Oh, can I just say something before Jackson jumps in with his outline? Um, so I'm supposed to go on another work trip, and I'm really upset because the the big day of the trip falls on. Well, one of the big days of the trip falls on a Monday, and this Monday is when Jackson just pulled something really weird looking out of his mouth. Is that a bone shard? No, it's part of the- Is it your suture? Yeah. Jackson got weird dental surgery. Yeah. Another reason why we have not recorded. (laughs) Um, But one of the big days is um, Monday, and that's the day that Colton hops the fence. Oh. I know. On The Bachelor. We'll get there. We we have we have two special island on this episode. We're gonna talk about a couple shows that we've watched. We're gonna talk about Russian Doll, Netflix's new show. We're gonna talk about Sex Education, Netflix's slightly less new show, but still new. Still new. Um, we're gonna check in on Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and we're also gonna check in on two very special islands for this podcast: the Million Little Things Island and the Bachelor Island, uh-huh. where Capri will tell us what has been. She'll where keep I us live. surprised. And, you know, I might throw her some questions that she can answer. Oh, yeah, answer. hit me, hit me. Um, what else? What Have we watched anything else? We've watched other stuff, but that's what we're going to talk about today. I think that's I think that's more than enough to cover. I need people to know that I watched the entirety of Better Things in, like, seven days. Oh, yeah. We, we'll we we'll do our usual thing at the end where it's, you know, you pitch a show, I pitch, we I'll talk cur, about one I'll thing, cur, one cur, thing, cur, one cur, thing, cur, one cur, thing, cur, you know. Um, so Colton jumps the fence, and that's when you have to be out of out of town. Yeah, I mean, I could be dead. I hate flying, you guys. 
Um, but yeah, and I'm upset that we're not going to be able to watch it together because that episode looks really good. Maybe I'll have to find some other people to watch it with. No, I thought you were going to be like, oh, maybe I just have to like fly out to LA to be with you <laughs> and stay in the dope hotel. That does sound good. I can't leave that short notice though. Oh, so you mean you can't fucking drop everything, pay for a plane ticket to come to Los Angeles and stay there for a day? Fuck you. <laughs> wow. I thought you loved me. This is so fucked up. Literally, you don't, like, you just can't do anything for me. It's so, it's, like, asinine. It's crazy. Happy did I say, Valentine's did I say Day! That too straight of a face? Was it getting, correct? like, was it getting real? Not for me, but okay. I'm sure it sounds that way on yeah. the recording. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just cut that part out and send it to you. And, like, put it at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> on this episode. Anyways, so let's jump into it. Let's start with Russian Doll. Russian Doll. Russian Doll is Netflix's new... Would you call it a comedy? It's a it's a dark comedy. It's like a black comedy. Yeah. Each episode is is the, the half hour, the twenty minutes to thirty minutes, you know, packaging that you're familiar with for comedies. It's definitely funny. It stars Natasha Leone, who I would imagine most of our listeners would know from Orange is the New Black. Um, but she's definitely been around. She's definitely been famous. Capri watched an old school movie with her in it recently called What was it called? But I'm a cheerleader. It was so good. RuPaul is in it. As not RuPaul, right? Right. No, no. He's in it as like he's a character in it. He plays a character. And um No, but I mean even in the billing it was like He's RuPaul Charles. Yeah. His name is his name is RuPaul. I know, but I mean it wasn't just RuPaul. Oh no, it, it wasn't was RuPaul just RuPaul Charles. And then also, um, I feel like a lot of our listeners love Veep and the woman who plays Marjorie also has like a leading role in the movie. I think her name is Clea Clea Sons McDowell. We're gonna fact check that. Okay. My phone is not. But this me. is but this is all tangential. Yeah, we're, but we're yo, talking, you gotta see it. But I'm a cheerleader, which is about like conversion therapy, right? Yeah, it's 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 dark, but it's it's also funny. So it's like, and it, it's poignant, I guess, for being a movie about conversion therapy. That's also a comedy that was made in 2000. 99, I think. Oh fuck me! I'm off by a year. All of this is totally not what we're trying to talk about at all. Russian doll. And in Russian Doll, uh, Natasha Leone's character keeps dying. She keeps reliving the same day. It's very Groundhog Day-esque, but she keeps dying in freak accidents. She can't seem to avoid death. And that's the, that's the premise. Um, and the show has been really popular. Netflix has said how popular it is. And all of the like, critic circles that I'm aware of, I will refuse to say I'm in them uh, for fear of what Capri will. Can you say what they are? Like who the critics are? Like what the circles are? Like are you in like groups or like is it Reddit or like? No, I just follow a bunch on Twitter and ah, read articles. Okay. I thought you were critics. like I thought you guys had like a Slack channel or something where all the critics just like talk. No, no, I listen to a lot of um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listen to a lot of Bachelor podcasts. Anyways, they, the critical consensus seems to be that the show is is great. We both loved it. Um, but I've also been getting some pushback from, you know, everyday folk that, that I know saying that they thought it was kind of slow. or the that they uncultured. Didn't, they didn't like it as much. So I wanted to kind of dive into why we think this show is so good and why we think it's been so popular. Um what do you think really works for this show? Okay, so first we have the premise, right? So it's Groundhog Day-ish, but with, like, brutal death scenes. Sure. 
to me, that in and of itself is like, okay, like we can work with that. When you add an actor like Natasha Leone to it, she just works with that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Like she brings like heart, but also like this like gruff. And like, I think that the Lower East Side East Village is like very reflective of like her personality. In what way? Well, I mean, ah, oh, this is such a dicky thing to say, but like, <laughs> I lived, I lived in the East Village when I when I lived in New York. I lived in the East Village, and like, just like the atmosphere and like the vibe of like the whole neighborhood and the nightlife and like just like living there day to day, like, is very Natasha Leone esque. And she actually lives there in real life. Um, so I, I think that also helped. But yeah, I mean, from watching the show. Um, we both we both watched it separately. Mm-hmm. We both binged it separately. Yeah, it was in weird. a day. It was I binged it, and then I like the next day before I woke up, Capri was like, "I've already I finished, finished it." it. <laughs> I was like, "Did you sleep?" And oh yeah, like, I started no. watching it at like eight a.m. and I finished it at like noon. Yeah, it was like nonstop. Um, but we recognized literally the entire um. Everywhere, every single location yeah, they shot. Yeah, a lot shot. of it was like Tompkins Square Park or like supposed to be. I don't know if they actually shot in Tompkins Square Park. I think I think they did. Really? I think everything was shot on location. But it was like, I guys, like I lived like right there. I lived on, well, I don't live there anymore, so I can tell you. I lived um, on East 2nd Street between uh, Ave and Ave B. Um, and it was just like, like, I'm pretty sure they like shot scenes like on that street. Did it make you miss New York at all? Oh, yeah. 100%. I miss New York all the time. And then when I go there, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> That's not true. Um, But I could never live there, I don't think, unless I was making mad money. For sure. I think that one of the things that really, um, that really stuck with me and like really worked with the theme and also the setting and also Natasha Leone is just like the how like burnt out it all feels. And I know that I literally have been incapable of shutting up about the idea of burnout for the last. Since you read that viral article. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, when I watched it, it was very much like, you know, that area that in New York in general feels very like chew you up, spit you back out just from when you were there and when I would come visit you and from, you know, what Natasha Leone's life has been pretty like her career arc has been very difficult mm-hmm. and start and stop. And that is all reflected in the premise, which is that she can't avoid death and she has to keep reliving her birthday, which is the day that she'll become one year older than her mother ever was before she died, um, which obviously is supposed to be kind of a, a, a big plot point. Right. A big emotional point. And um, I never got the critique that it was slow or that it, it took a while to get going because even though it is kind of a i think we're all familiar with the like groundhog day reliving the same day premise it felt super appropriate for this this like subject mhm i also think it felt appropriate for like in like a generational sense mm. like for the people that they knew were going to be like the prime target for it like it's like groundhog day but for like people who are like depressed and anxious which is like millennials like defining characteristic is like we're all fucking depressed we're all anxious like we're all seeing therapists we're all taking medication like i i think that that's just like a formula like take something take like a formula for a show and just like make it up like a little upsetting but still digestible you know like groundhog day plus like morbidity equals really great for millennials (laughs) so true i definitely like it's like the black heart emoji it's like very millennial it's like softness but like i want to die 
Right. It's kind of reflecting um, the way that we feel, but in a digestible manner. Yeah. Just like you said. I think I think millennials live at the intersection of like apathy, anxiety and sadness and like intense like dreamer. Does that make sense? Like optimism? No, I, I don't think it's optimism because like I'm not optimistic, but like I daydream a lot about what I wish my life looked like. Mm. I don't feel like she's daydreaming in the show. No, as no, much. I don't think yeah. so. I'm just saying like I'm saying like I think that that's like the sweet spot. Yeah, but I do think that the show definitely has a dreamy vibe to it in terms of like but, the party know, that she keeps starting in and how things are like a little different each time that she comes back. Right. But I'm also feeling like in shows like this, I think this show is a great example of it. It's like maybe she's not like dreaming about what she wants her life to be like, but you know that she's not where she wants to be. For Yeah, absolutely. And like that notion of like being stuck. And, like, trapped, I think, is, like, really pertinent to, like, our generation and the time that we live in. Yeah, and I think I think that the the show is as much about her grappling with where she's stuck in, in life and as a person as it is with her being stuck in a time loop. Um, you know what's great about podcasting? I can pick my nose and <laughs> no one knows. Well, now they do. No, I could just be saying that. I did not just pick my nose. She did. I think that for some people, it's probably seems slow because they we don't get we don't meet her counterpart until like episode four. I think he's introduced at the end of three. Yeah, I guess the people were just like they felt like it was repetitive the first two episodes, but also like that was. But we always got a little clue. We always got a little crumb. And that's me. Like uh, if a television show crumbs me, I say this all the time. Leave me crumbs. Leave me on like a cliffhanger. Baby, I'm I'm down. I'm the, I'm in it. Like when I saw that fruit, the fruit was like rotting yeah. or whatever. I was like, oh, like give it to me. Like I must know. And when they cut the fruit open and it was fresh, <laughs> crazy. I think I, I was kind of like, if you can't sit through two episodes of like a 20, of a 20 minute, minute show. show and be like, which is literally a fourth of the series. If you can't sit through a f- like that short an amount of time, it's an, it, it's an eighth. Two episodes is a fourth. No, 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 no. It's 20 minutes. I said, oh, two, you're talking about yeah. two episodes. Yeah. Because the third episode is where, yeah, is yeah, where yeah. it moves a little bit more. But if you can't sit through two episodes of a 20 minute show, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like maybe TV's not for you. Yeah. I, I, like I, nothing is going to be figured out immediately in the first episode. But there were so many great things to look at. First of all, it looked amazing. Yeah, it did. It really did. You know what really looked amazing was the bathroom that she kept restarting in. I loved that vagina crystal on the. Door. That was great. I also just loved the like black and gold aesthetic of it. Her hair looks great. Her hair always looks great. It looks especially great in this. Her show. hair looked really great in, but I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> So, big thumbs up for both of us on Russian Doll. Give it a give it a chance, a chance. If you haven't already, yeah. Which I'm sure most of you have. But those are our thoughts about it. Um, but also, if you have differing opinions, email us at couchtaterspod at gmail We'd love to get some like I don't know. It'd be cool to have like a a Q and A section or like just a addressing listener yeah. emails. We know you're out there. We look at the numbers. Should we make merch? Yes, we should make. Well, before we make merch, I would love if we made our icon less ugly. Oh, it's got to be Olivia, if you're out there. Olivia, if you're out there. And also, to put a fire under her butt, I'm putting the call out to our taters. If anyone would like to design our thing, that would be awesome. Olivia. 100%. Olivia. 
Olivia. Olivia. Get it together. Um, we told you we'd pay you. Anyways, um, now seems like a good time to transition to another Netflix show that we both watched and we both liked. Um, that was also eight episodes long. Uh, Sex Education. Ooh. Which uh, Netflix was boasting like thirty million people watched. Which Do you is... know if those were like many of those views were like? Do you think it was like more popular in the UK? I have no idea. I've heard anecdotally that it's not that British, but I've also it also seemed pretty British to me. I don't know. Uh, just just to introduce the show, Sex Education is on Netflix. It's about a high schooler aged uh sixteen, right? They're sixteen. Yeah, a uh, boy and uh the girl that he's interested in. She's like a bad girl. Kind of. She like has a, like a nose ring and like dyed hair. Yeah, and he, but it, is like still very conventionally beautiful. And and he has trouble masturbating because he has issues to deal with. His mother. This is a big part of the show. His mother is a sex therapist, right? And he has been exposed to a lot of talk and ideas that many sixteen-year-old boys are not exposed to, and it has kind of messed him up a little bit. Exactly. But it has also made him very good at talking about these kinds of things. And he and the girl Maeve start a like sex education clinic therapy thing with the high schoolers who are all horny and don't know how to deal with any of the things that they're feeling or doing. Um, and it's British and his mother is played by Gillian Anderson. And that's probably the end of the list of people that you might know who's in, who are in the show. But like a lot of young, fresh faces who are like really great. No, the cast was great all around. Absolutely. Um, and I felt like it definitely captured uh, the feeling of high school, like the vibe, even though it's it's a different country and it's kind of unrealistic that the entire school would be as into swimming as they are. But putting that aside, I thought that it really captured the awkwardness of high school and just the awkwardness of not just the physical like sexual stuff but also the awkwardness of like coping with these feelings and like this overwhelming amount of emotion that you're getting all the time you know i think something uh interesting about this show is like this is a show about high schoolers that like i'm not sure is 100 percent aimed at high schoolers um which is interesting, but also, like, I notoriously have loved watching shows about high schoolers. It does feel kind of nostalgic, like... Maybe. I think that's just because, like, uh, it's European. I think it feels that way to you because it's European. To me, personally? Cause yeah. Why? Why? I don't... Just, like, because, like, the setting and, like, all the... Like, like, you know, there's a lot of open fields and, like, mountains and, like... True. You know? I will say that this show being uh British probably also changes things for Capri because Capri really doesn't I'm going to let you guys in on something Capri Wait, doesn't What are you about to say? Capri doesn't really like vulgar humor in general. But one major exception is if they have British accents. Oh my then God. she loves it. Okay. Okay, it's not that I don't like vulgar humor. I think vulgar humor is great. I just like don't like it when it's cheaply delivered. Like if it's not, not even not smart. I love that. I love white chicks. I think it's so funny. But, but I mean, like, like vulgar, like sexual humor. Yeah, like, like masturbation this, jokes. But this is like this is capitalizing off of the pain of like that experience of like figuring out how to like beat your dick. <laughs> like that is. I mean, I I've never uh, experienced that, but like I'm sure that like learning how to live with an erection is like really horrible. It's uncomfortable. You know, and like, I don't know, a lot of the situations like that, these like girls find themselves in like it's it's so accurate. Absolutely. One of the best quotes was when that one girl was like, 
my vagina has betrayed me. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, girl, we've all been there. I mean, there were definitely things in it that, like, like I didn't know, obviously. Like, I felt like it was very uh, illuminating on both sides. It was never about the, like, clinical answers to stuff. It was always right. about the, like, how it tied into emotions and relationships. Yeah. One thing about it, and obviously this show is not going to be, like, 100% accurate all the time. Like, it's not, like, factual, really. But, like, a girl would go to him and be like, I've wanted to have sex so badly, but, like, now every time I go and try and do it, it hurts. And, like, an hour later, he'll be like, I know exactly what you have. Like, you have this condition called vulvodynia and like blah 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 and i'm like it literally takes doctors like years to diagnose people with that it's like the good doctor but like for <laughs> teenagers who like have sex like <laughs> you give them a little bit more credit than the good doctor come on i bought you a donut <laughs> we were watching uh the bachelor the other night and the good doctor comes on right after and if you haven't seen the good doctor it's a show about an autistic doctor that is just really trying to capitalize off of this i, I don't know it feels like really it feels like a really cheap money grab to me uh sorry good doctor fans if you're out there <laughs> Please email us if you're a fan of The Good Doctor and tell us why. We would love to but know But I why. also am afraid of watching it because I feel like if I watch one ep- one full episode, I'd be like, all right, got to watch the whole thing. You wouldn't. I've seen a whole episode. I watched it with my mom, and it was terrible. Um, the whole premise is that he says that he can't feel, he doesn't have empathy, and the question is, I can just... you be a good doctor without empathy? I, A, don't think that that's what autism is. It's not. And B... I don't think you can be a good doctor without empathy. Yeah. So you can be good technically, of course. Right. But like, I, I mean, there are plenty of doctors who aren't on the autism spectrum who don't have empathy and they fucking suck. Yeah. So like, um, have you ever had a non-empathetic OBGYN? Because I have and it's literally awful. No, you haven't. I haven't personally. Yeah. But anyways, the good doctor comes on after The Bachelor, and I'm unsure if he fought with this girl. We have no context. Nothing. Which is the best way to come into it. Like, did they sleep together? Is she, like, staying at his house because she's avoiding someone? Like, did they have a weird moment? There was clearly some weird tension in the air, and he tried to break it by giving her a donut. And she was like, that's not going to cut it. And he literally says 20 times. He was like, but I got you a donut. And this woman is like, yeah, I know, Sean, but, like, we really just, it's not going to fix it. And he would, like, wait, like, 20 but, seconds, and he'd be like, but I got you a donut. <laughs> like, uh, if we have any listeners who, like, are on the autism spectrum, I would love to hear your... Um, Good doctor takes. Yeah, I would love to hear your take on it, because, like, from out the outside looking in, like, it feels like a cheap shot. It feels offensive. Um, we don't know, but I don't know. I, I haven't really watched the show aside from like the first three minutes of like five episodes. And I, I've seen like one episode, but I didn't, I don't know. I, I, I'm neither an expert on autism nor the good doctor, but like, like Capri said, it feels cheap and this is, we're getting sidetracked, but the point is email us. (laughs) Please Um, follow us also on Instagram at couch taters pod. But between, I'm not even sure it's just like. I don't know. It's not just British people. Also, I, I feel like any accent you're in on vulgar humor because Summer Heights High has some pretty cheap Jonah humor that you're just in on. 
100%. But I've always said that Jonah was my least favorite. But you also will quote at least twice a month, you fought it, miss. You fought it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, miss, you fought it. If you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> just YouTube uh, Summer Heights High Jonah. Jonah. Takalua. Um, You're not going to have to spell that. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I th- oh, So I started watching Summer Heights High when I was- a- Oh, Miss, you farted. Miss just farted. Jonah, time out. Oh, time out now. A freshman in high school. Um, Wow, that was so long ago. Wow. Wow. So long ago. Wow. Um, And, like, obviously it was hysterical to me then. And, like, if something, like, weasels its way into my heart, like, it's hard for me to, like, disconnect from it. Like, I literally just read Corduroy, the children's book, 30 minutes ago because I'm bringing it to a baby shower tomorrow. Tears were streaming down her face. And I was sobbing. Like, straight up sobbing. Like, there's nothing sad about the book. Like, Corduroy finds a home. Like, he literally gets a friend. And I was like, (laughs) crazy. It was a spectacle to behold. I was, like, seriously, like, shaking, crying. It was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. I had a long, hard day. (laughs) I did. I feel like we haven't talked about sex, sex education hardly at all. Um, good. It is good. I felt like it was really heartwarming. I was going to say, I feel like it was very warm. Um, but it, they they also cover, like, really pertinent issues. You know, like, they talk about, like, LGBTQIA plus representation. Absolutely. You know, and, like, like a difficult parent, parental situations, like having absent parents and, like, having to be self-reliant. They covered, like, parent child relationships from like every different angle which was really cool and also like they also kind of not focus but like there are storylines about like the adult sex lives too and like how like their issues play into like that yeah i felt like i I felt like watching it i don't know going in i felt like a show called sex education was gonna be just kind of like i don't know i'm not like a prude but i'm not looking for something that's just gonna be uh, like Talking balls the whole time? Yeah. I'm not looking for something that's just going to be, like, softcore porn. You know what I mean? And this is not that at all. You, I can't even say what I was going to say. What? It's going to be like... <laughs> um, I'm, gonna... I'm not looking for softcore porn. I'm going to retake that. I'm looking for hardcore porn, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> Maybe I'll keep that in. I don't know. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say is I was skeptical because, like... I remember taking, like, sex education classes, obviously, in, like, high school. And that was always very uncomfortable. I never got those. Yeah, because you went to private school. Well, it's because we just talked about it in all of our classes with all of our teachers. Right. And and my so, like, saying sex education really conjured up some... Oh, like bad memes. Just, like, uncomfortable memes. Yeah. Like, a lot of, like, labeling diagrams of oh, genitalia and stuff so like that. Awful. And I was I like... I never had to do that. I mean, this show's getting is getting a lot of press. It looks funny. Like I don't know, but it it really was is. Was I a... the one who was like, we should watch it? I don't know. I think I it was remember. me. You love to take credit for these things, so you can have it. Oh, this attitude. But I thought that the show really did a good job of like. I know this is gonna sound kind of silly, but it wasn't about like sex ed. It was about showing how like sex is human. And how it is something that connects all of us. It's a thing that we all have in common and do, even though it might be like taboo or something that we don't talk about all the time. But it is something that we all feel, you know, is there anything else you want to say about sex education? No. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Thought about it. Um, no. 
Now we're going to try to introduce a new segment on our oh. show. We're trying segments out. This is a thing that we've seen or heard other podcasts do, and they seem to be successful, so why not try it here? And we're going to be taking a moment and traveling to the far-off mystical land of Boston, Massachusetts, fictional Boston, Massachusetts, because that's definitely not where A Million Little Things takes place. Oh, dear. And we're going to be asking Capri to please summarize in, you know, a handful of minutes what happened on this week's uh, A Million Little Things, or the last couple weeks. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, so we learn that John is not the man that he has showed himself to be to his family. So John was, like, hiding all of these properties, and, like, he has, like, been paying for all of these properties, and there is this woman, Barbara Morgan, who is a painter, and we learn that the painting of the Boston skyline that John hung in Gary, Gary's cancer chemo room was by Barbara Morgan. And Barbara Morgan is a woman that he left a quarter, right? A quarter of his um, life insurance. a quarter of his life insurance. A life insurance policy, He left it to his three friends, Gary, Rome, Eddie, and also to Barbara Morgan. Right. And not his family, not his wife. And There's a separate life insurance policy. There is one that goes to his, his family, I think. Right. But also we're dealing with the fact that his family is probably going to lose their home. Despite the fact that John is literally a real estate slumlord in Boston. (laughs) Right. We're also learning that the gang tracks down Barbara Morgan's house. They go to Barbara Morgan's house and this woman answers the door. She is quite obviously Barbara Morgan from from the start. It's super obvious. And they're like, (laughs) they're like, hi, we're looking for Barbara Morgan. And she's like, oh, uh, she doesn't live here anymore. No, first she asks, are you friends of John's? And they're like, yeah. And she's like. And she's like, oh, yeah, someone else came here, like, looking for him. Like, it's okay. Like, sorry, can't help you. And, like, this bitch is Barbara Morgan. And it's confirmed at the end of the episode. Also, an update is that they're still stringing us along with this Maggie thing. Right now, she's, like, kind of doing well. But, like, I think we all know that she's probably going to die. Hundo P. Like, she's going to die. But I could also see the show killing her off in, like, an accident. You know, like, oh, like Maggie got the clear from her doctors, but she was driving over a bridge and it collapsed and she's dead. Just the kind of gut punch that TV's biggest mystery would throw at us, which is how they are billing a million little things. Oh, these days. and another thing, Eddie on tour. Oh, my God. It's like. So Eddie, I'm going to jump in real quick yeah, please. because I want to I want to just tee this up for Capri. Uh, Eddie is on tour for his band Red fern the red fern gully and he doesn't have any fun on tour and they have lots of fun and they're annoyed at him so he decides to remedy this situation by bringing the most boring boy in the world theo on the tour bus dad this tour bus is so cool dad will you please read me a story you sound like Stuart from mad tv oh my god that's literally how he sounds no dad you're being so silly (laughs) oh my god the kid's like 12 yeah do you know how many oh oh right because he's like playing like a (laughs) six-year-old it's crazy (laughs) the next season he's gonna be like hey dad Hey, Dad, you're being so silly. Dad, you're being so silly. Read me a story. Oh, my God. 
Honestly, a million little things is a hot mess. Also, for- Ashley is going to Barcelona, baby. You forgot the most important fact that we learned. Oh my god, they finally confirmed that Delilah is French. Oh my god, I have been waiting for this moment since the very first time I heard this hot bitch speak. Oh my god, I was like, this woman is French, she is sexy, why are they not acknowledging ever that she's French? And finally, in this episode, someone was like, well yeah, ask Delilah, she lived in France for 25 years, and I was like, oh my god. One of... TV's biggest mysteries solved. 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 Because at first I was like, are we just going to pretend that she's like, like from here? Like, are we going to pretend? It really seemed like they were going with that tact. And then like, like they were just not acknowledging that like she couldn't hide her accent. You know what I think? If we went back and watched that line, I'm almost positive that that line happens off camera. Like whoever is saying it is off camera. And I'm almost positive that they recorded that later because they were getting feedback and they just like edited it in. Oh my god, that's too funny. I would bet money on that. Not a lot, but I bet some. (laughs) So basically, A Million Little Things is a hot mess, and I'm loving it. Speaking of hot messes, we're going to transition to another island. It's a it's 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 in the same archipelago of ABC uh, melodrama, and it's called Thumb Island, where Colton Underwood lives, and he's been whittling down the women on this journey. But honestly, the women have been whittling themselves down. They've been doing themselves in for real. So I'm going to throw it over to you. Here we go. What happened last week? Wham, bam. Thank you, Jackson. So, so far on this season of The Bachelor, okay, I'll go into it saying that, like, I really was not looking forward to it because I hated Colton. I thought he had no personality. I was really sick. And this isn't his fault, but I was really sick of this virgin narrative being pushed over and over. Like, it's not a personality trait. I don't care if you've had sex or not. Like, I don't care as long as you're interesting. I didn't think he was. I guess I still don't think he is, but I think he's a good bachelor just because I don't think he's there to play games. So, like, if he doesn't like someone, he's like, just leave. Not in a mean way, but he's like, I like, I don't like I don't want to waste your time. Like, maybe we should just go. And for to speak to that, he also really doesn't like drama. And he instead of like being like many other bachelors and just being like, oh, I'm just going to stay out of it. He like tries to get to the bottom of it, A, because like he doesn't want to deal with fake people, which I appreciate. And B, because like I think he knows that it creates a toxic environment for other women in the house. And, you know, I got to give him props for like trying to work that out for everyone. So this week we had a lot of girls just like really drop off and I'm kind of glad I guess. So the first thing that happens is the episode before this one that just aired we had Onyeka who has always been in my opinion like the gossip of the house and like she's always looking for like a little bit of trouble and like I respect that every house needs someone like that. Not the villain. The person who's like the mole. Who's like always getting the tea, spilling the tea, going to the bachelor with the tea. Onyeka versus Nicole who tries to come off as like this like sweet like open-hearted like i'm just trying to find love but like i think she's a little nutty um do you agree jay yes yeah i think she's a bit nutty but again like not like they're both fine they were both fine but they were was not 
both of them were people from the beginning you were like, you're definitely not going to win. Like, I don't know how long you're going to last, but you're definitely not going to win. The answer was not past this week. Not past this week. Like the halfway point. Yeah. Um. So Onyeka and Nicole were fighting because a woman who left voluntarily the week before, R.I.P. Elise, we loved her, Um. went to Onyeka and was like, oh, Nicole said that she's not here for the right reasons. Like, she's here because she just wants a reason to, like, get out of Miami, which is where she's from. Which is not true. She never said that. Elise misinterpreted something she said. But So we know. So we've heard. So we don't we've heard. really know. Anything. And Onyeka goes to Colton and is like, oh, Nicole said that she's only here because she wants to get out of Miami, blah, blah, blah. And Colton is like, what? Like, that's not good. So he goes to Nicole and he's like, He did not like that tea. Yeah, he did not. It was bitter. It was bitter tea. He did not like that. So he goes to Nicole and he's like, hi, like, Onyeka said that you said this. And she was like, what the hell? Like, come on. Like, that's not true. And then he's just like, well, I don't like either of you, so I'm just going to send both of you home. Peace. Oh, and then we had this other girl confront Colton, Sydney, who is a, a dancer for an NBA team who quit her job to come be on the show. And it's true. He was not paying her very much attention. And like it was obvious because like the gr- the group of girls is getting smaller. Right. So he she confronts him and is like, hey, like, do you, are you into me? Like, I just want to know if I'm wasting my time or not. And he was like, oh, well, like, relationships move at, like, slower paces sometimes. Like, every relationship is different. And good for this girl. She was like, you know what? I really don't think this is working. I don't think you're into me. Like, this is a waste of my time. Peace. Respect. I love that. But on her way out, she drops a big bomb and says, just very vaguely, some of the women here are not here for the right reasons. Right. Which is a classic. We love it. And it really hits Colton and his... Because Colton is afraid. Colton's afraid. His biggest fear is that people did not come there for the right reasons. So after this woman removes herself, then we have our favorite, not the person we wanted to win, just our favorite. She loved to stir the pot. Demi loved to stir the pot. She has such ridiculous confidence that she can turn the fact that her mother is in jail for embezzlement from a con to a pro. Like, that was an asset for her in her relationship building with Colton. And she had these crazy eyes. I love Demi. Yes, we love Demi. Um, I love the villains in The Bachelor so much. She wasn't even, like, a real villain, though. No, but I just love them so much because they're just so unapologetic about being on a reality show game show. Like, there were times where people were like, Demi's being mean to me. And she was like, I'm not being mean to you. I just literally don't care about you because I'm here to win this dude's like affection. Yeah. She's like, I haven't even thought about you. And Demi would always like go and like steal time. She would like always just like get him at the most inopportune times for other women, you know, and like she would go out of her way to like go and find him like when he wasn't deliberately in the house, like she would go and find him and be like, hey, like, let's chat. Cool. So she goes to do that. She goes to his hotel room to do that. And she sits down and she's like having this nice talk with him. And she's like, I just I want you to know that, like, I think I'm I'm falling in love with you. Oh, my goodness. Colton comes right back and he says, thank you so much. You know, like hearing you say that, like, I just don't think we can get there. Bam. She's gone. Wow. You know, it was emotional. But like, we're just getting these clips for next week. Colton jumps a fence. He's going to lose Every girl shit. is crying. And, like, it's, like, different shots. So, like, like girls are crying, but, like, individually, 
Like, no one knows what's going on. Like, does someone leave? Does someone get hurt? Does he try and call the whole thing off? Who freaking knows? And the clip of him jumping over the fence. Oh, my God. Next week. If you've seen the promos, you know he's uh, quite the athlete. Athlete. Um, I think we're going to table the talk about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Check in on that uh, until next time. But I do want to um, I want to do our, our brief, like, what did, what did you watch on your own this week? You mentioned you watched Better Things. What did yep, you... so I finished Better Things. I started it maybe two weeks ago. Um, I wanted to catch up. Make great time. Which is that show with Pamela Adlon on FX. Um, wanted to catch up before it premiered uh, on the 28th. Um, and I knew that I had seen one episode of it. I knew that I had. I don't remember when. And I was like, I know I've seen one episode of the show. I really enjoyed it. I realized that the episode that I saw was the finale of season two. <laughs> like the last episode. That's crazy. It was crazy. But that's been good. Um, it didn't ruin it? No, because there's not like a... Yeah. I've been watching... A lot of the old Will and Grace, because I'm still trying to watch that in chronological order. I started uh, You're the Worst from the beginning. I'm not totally sold on it yet, but I know Jackson really likes it. Um, Oh, and I fucking binged Pen15, baby. Pen15 on Hulu. Hulu original. Um, It's these two comedians, two, like, female comedians who are, like, in their early 30s. And they play middle school versions of themselves um, surrounded by actual 13-year-olds. It. I saw two episodes with Capri. Oh, it is my trippy goodness. to watch. It is trippy as hell. It is so funny. They are and so, it's so good. accurate. They are so good at playing, like, what are they, 8th graders? 7th graders. 7th graders. They are so good at playing 7th graders that it is uncanny. They have the posture down. The, you were saying the costumes and the wardrobe are just great. The makeup is great. Oh, and it takes place in 2000. That that is it. That is it. It is you guys. It took me a little bit because I was like, this is so awkward. I can't watch it. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, no, this is just like me reliving being in middle school. When we were talking about sex education, we were talking about how awkward they like how well they portrayed that awkwardness. Turn that awkwardness up and turn the age of everybody down and then put it in a time period that is going to feel especially close to home for you personally. And that's Pen15. Agreed. But from, from the one episode I saw. Yeah, I, I was homesick on Monday, and I watched, like, almost all of it in the day. Also, I watched, but I'm a cheerleader. It's like the fifth time you've plugged that today. Um, I think that... Okay. I think. What about you? I've, I finished The Expanse, which is the formerly sci-fi, now on Amazon uh, series. I wanted to finish that before uh, the new season comes out later this spring. Um, it was really good. The first season was not that good, but it got a lot better after that. Um, very sci-fi-y show. If you're into that kind of thing, if you're not, probably shouldn't watch it because it takes place in space, and it's very much about space. Um <laughs> I've been watching uh, Corporate, which I've mentioned a couple times on the show. I've been watching, I started watching this show on TNT with Chris Pine uh, called I Am the Night, which Wait, is- Wait, you started watching that? Yeah, I did. With the little sister from, uh, it's the little sister from uh, Secret Life of the American Teenager. That? Yeah. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That she's the main girl? Yeah. Do you remember no. she disappeared? Like she was on the season, she was on the show for like three seasons, and then she like disappeared. You're blowing my mind right now. But this... like you know that that's her. I don't know. 
I'm unsure. This is, I need you to fact check that. I, I literally promise you it's her, but I'll do it right now. While she's looking that up, um, it's on TNT. It's a limited series. It's directed by Patty Jenkins, who did um, Wonder Woman, and um, she's, she's blowing up as a director. It's based on true historical events with, uh, I believe, the. I'm not actually, I've been actually trying to avoid the, the, like, the true life things that they're talking about, because I want to know what happens next without already knowing i want to find out as it happens um india joy isley is an american actress she is known for her role as ashley jurgens in the abc family television series the T- secret life of the american teenager and her roles as eve in 2012 film underworld awakening sawa in the 2014 film kite and audrina in the 2016 film my sweet audrina in 2019 she starred as fauna hodel in the T television series i am the night oh she has lovely cheekbones Anyways, I Am the Night seems really good so far. I've been really enjoying it, but it is really hard to get a beat on. It's definitely a, if you're into detective shows, it's good for that. I'm not super detective-y show person, so I don't know. It's been it's been a little weird for me, but I have enjoyed it. Um, I also watched the first episode of Miracle Workers, which is uh, Steve Buscemi and Daniel Radcliffe on TBS. Steve Buscemi plays God, who wants to end the world. And he wants to just end it and blow it up and start a restaurant. Um, and who eats at it? They don't know yet. <laughs> it's early stages. Um, and Daniel Radcliffe is an angel who answers prayers, mostly for finding keys and gloves. Um, and they uh, they basically start a bet. Um, it's funny. It's it's uh, it's wholesome. It's nice. Um, that's about it for me. Um, where can they find you, Capri? Please follow me on Instagram at Capri Like the Pan. Please. And our Instagram page, Couch Taters Pod. Yes, I post some dang fiery memes. She really does. You do a great job with that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Ideas at Play. Um, I should have a big video that I've been working on pretty much the entirety of 2019 on. Uh, it should be coming out soon about laugh track comedies. So I'm really excited about that. And you should check it out when it comes out. And until next time, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Read, uh, what was that Journey B. Jones book? Journey B. Jones and the Yucky Blucky Valentine. No, Yucky Blucky Fruitcake. Journey B. Jones and the, is it Ooey Gooey Valentine? Bye. No! Did you cut it? No, that would be a great time to cut it. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, I was right. Journey B. Jones and, no, and the Mushy Gushy Valentine. That was close. Anyway. Please rate, review us on iTunes. <laughs> Please rate and review us on iTunes. Also subscribe. Also subscribe. I'm so tired. Bye, guys. Bye.